Last episode, we told you about a German couple who bonded over their sick and twisted desires and created a house of horrors. This week, we will continue that trend with a couple from England who did just the same. I'm Christina. And I'm Kristen. And today on The Real Crime Podcast, we will be recounting the crimes of Fred and Rose West. So just giving a very strong warning to everyone, um, this one pretty much cuts to the quick immediately. So if you are adverse to listening about sexual violence towards children and adults alike, this may not be an episode for you. And you may want to just wait it out. Just skip today's. Yeah, just skip today's because it's rough. It's rough to say the least. Also, sorry we missed you all last week. I am dying, as you can probably (laughs) still hear. And um, I just did not have it in me to uh, choke through recording. So I apologize. But So we're going to choke through recording today. Exactly. I'm still dying. And today I'm feeling up to choking through recording. Also... um, it's it's the first episode of spooky season, so we couldn't miss this week. No. Official not. official spooky season. It's our first October episode. Thank so. you for clarifying. Specifying. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let's go ahead and just dive right in, shall we? Yes. Yes. Good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your participation today. I feel like <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you know the Schweddy Balls um SNL skit. With no. the two, like, super soft-spoken people who are doing, like, their radio show. Like, right now, I feel like that's where our voices are because we're both feeling, like, under the weather. And we're like, hi. Hi, everyone. So great to have you here today on the podcast. It's a little soothing. It is. It is. I can have a soothing voice when it's not being abrasive. So. So Fred West was born in 1941 in England into a small, poor home in the midst of World War II. This home was so small, but filled to the brim with children, children and sex. This child was raped by both his father and his mother, something the family referred to as breaking them in. And it was something that Fred would carry with him. So we're off to a great start. Yeah, like I said, we're diving right in and it really cuts to the quick, very, very quickly. His mother... Fred's mother raped him for the first time at the age of eight years old, but he likely watched it happen to his brothers and sisters as well. I mean, after all, it's hard to hide things in a small home. In early adolescence, Fred actually raped his own sister and authorities were notified. However, it was left to his family to discipline him. And they did. However, they were also the source of the problem. 
He would eventually marry a prostitute named Rena, who very soon after gave birth to a child that wasn't his. Then the pair had a child together. His future wife, Rosemary, eventually known as Rose West, had a very similar childhood at the hands of her father. She was repeatedly raped by him and learned at an abnormally young age how to use her sexuality to get what she wanted or needed. At the point that they met, Fred was actually attempting to bring Rose in to become the uh, nanny, which I have in quotations because... I really don't think that that was the ulterior motive, you know, no, like that yeah. was the, that was his cover up story. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was looking for a nanny for his two children as he was still married to Rena at the time. Rose was just Fred's type and he wanted her around his house. She wasn't a child. She was, I mean, she was 15 when they met, but she wasn't like a little child um little enough though right right make it pretty creepy he was yeah. like what 28 he was definitely older yeah he was definitely significantly her senior and really until her day in court she kind of seemed to dress like a little girl so in this case she was 15 years old but she wore like tall white socks with like little saddle shoes and schoolgirl kind of outfits like she definitely understood the psychology of looking younger to people, I think, and mm-hmm. them kind of treating her as an innocent, even though she definitely was not mentally an innocent. No. So if for this thing from it. Yeah, seriously. And if you see photos of her, she really looks like an adult in a child's costume. And Fred was really into little girls. He was not into women. So one night at a bus stop in Gloucestershire, England, Rose sat waiting at the bus stop. Up walked an odd-looking man wearing a raincoat and a disgusting hat, literally how she described their meeting. Rose actually thought he was gross, like totally, totally disgusting. And he is, if you look at a picture of him. He totally is, yes. And on top of the way he looks, he apparently smelled awful, too, like he was not good at bathing, so... Really, no. I don't. I don't understand. No redeeming How qualities. How is he married more than once? Not a clue. Not a clue. And I mean, like his personality wasn't great either. So I mean, he did make her laugh, and that's kind of, I guess, what kicked things off for the two of them. And apparently, he was insanely charming, even if he wasn't like interesting. You know what I mean? He mm. had this sort of way with words. They couldn't really be described other than to say that he could get anyone to do anything. And we've seen that before. You know, we've seen people who just understand the psychology of another individual enough to get them to do anything. So here are two people who had experienced extreme abuse and learned how to manipulate the world around them through sex. And they found each other at a bus stop. It's like a weird rom-com. I don't know. (laughs) So... As their relationship progressed, Fred and Rose's father actually argued over who would have the sexual right to Rose. Now, I want you to just kind of stop what you're doing, unless you're driving, keep driving. And I want you to think about that for a second. Rose's father and the dirty, smelly married man she met at a bus stop got into arguments over who held the rights to fuck her. Like, 
very eloquently put. Thank you. Thank you. I really, I, I had to drive this one home because I'm just like, that is so, so messed up on so many levels. Disturbing, disgusting. I can't even, I was reading it and it was one of those things where I read it like three times to probably actually digest what I was reading because I was like, this is weird. And it wasn't like her father was trying to defend her from this older married man. He was like, no, no, that's my sex doll, not yours, essentially, because he was still sleeping with his own daughter and would continue to like that's not something that goes away, which is super mind boggling. Yeah. At this point, Rose moved out of her family home and joined Rena, Fred, and the two girls in their two RVs. While living together, Fred was in and out of prison for a variety of petty crimes. During one stint, Rose was watching her own daughter, who she had given birth to with Fred and Rena's two daughters. Rose and Charmaine, one of Rena's two daughters, got into an argument while they were there in the house together without Rena and Fred being around. Rose ended up killing Charmaine. And when she couldn't, quote, fit her in the bin, unquote, she dismembered her. Fred came home and moved the dismembered corpse to a shallow grave instead. Now, no one really knows what happened to Rena, but it is believed that when she came home to get her daughters and found that Charmaine was gone, Fred killed Rena too, in order to keep her quiet. Her corpse was later found, but her killer was never prosecuted. Not so fun fact, Rena and Fred had lived in Scotland for a bit while Fred worked as an ice cream truck driver, which gave him, obviously, really easy access to a ton of young girls. And they lived there until Fred struck and killed a four-year-old boy, which is when they decided to move back to England to avoid prosecution. Time to move. You know, that's just like a not-so-fun fact that, like, plays into their timeline, but, like, doesn't have a direct I don't know, correlation to anything else it in the just story. It goes for his... Um, yeah. What a great guy he was. What am you I know? trying to say? Not personality. His... Um, his... Wow, this is a lot of His M.O.? Sure. His, okay, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. I don't think that was it, but... <laughs> I don't know. It's something. So in 1972, after giving birth to another daughter, the family moved to 25 Cromwell Street, This would become one of the most infamous addresses in Gloucester. They prepared the home for their expanding family, plus boarders. In addition, Rose had been prostituting herself out for both funds and fun. You see, Fred was truly a sex addict. And when he wasn't having sex, he was watching sex or reading about sex or thinking about sex. He was... 100% addicted. The lodgers not only offered an income, but also a resource. He had designed a room especially for Rose to work in with a series of peepholes and a red light outside so the children didn't interrupt while she was working. It wasn't just the sex, though. It was sadism. He wanted to use people and make them suffer and then get his kicks from that, too. Over the years in their home, Rose would give birth to seven more children. 
at least three were Fred's, but the rest were likely, you know, children of her clients, her, her various clients, with the exception of one child that very easily could have been fathered by her own father because she was still having an incestual relationship with her father. Another not so fun fact yeah. at all. It's maybe worse than the first not so fun fact. Oh, good. Um, when Anna Marie, one of their kids, got to a certain age, they took her into a room with like dildos and things around there and taught her yeah, how to have sex. Yeah. With, you know, that's their their daughter. Yeah. 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 And that's. She's, so like, she's not the only one. I mean, that happened to both of them. So I guess in their head, they were like, this is normal. It's it's the, the Fred's family referred to it as breaking them in. And I guess it happened to him and all of his siblings. And obviously, incest was still the norm for Rosemary. So it, it's it's incredibly disturbing. So that, they, they passed that down to their ch- children. Seriously. And, like, just to let you know, it only gets worse from here. So if you are having a hard time stomaching this episode, like, don't feel bad if you feel the need to back out now. Like, we'll... we'll, We took two weeks leading up to doing this one. I wrote these notes a while ago, and we've had to lighten it up tremendously from here on out. um, Because, like, this is... This is rough on the psyche, you know, just reading about it. It's rough. So in October of 1972, while still living in 25 Cromwell Street, the pair picked up a girl at a bus stop. Interesting, since that's where they met. Her name was Caroline Owens. She was to be their nanny. Does all of this sound familiar? A little, yeah. Okay. And then they both made sexual advances towards her. She repeatedly refused, and when she tried to escape, they imprisoned her and threatened to whore her out to a friend. It was then when Caroline gave in. She reported the incident to the police, and I'm sure she knew all the rest of what was going on in the house by now, but the pair only received a small fine because they admitted to the acts and said that it was all consensual. Now, let me be totally, totally clear. There is and was nothing consensual about her being locked up and beaten. Over the next six years, there would be at least eight additional victims. Women like Carol Ann Cooper, Lucy Paddington, and Linda Goff were kidnapped or lured to the property at 25 Cromwell Street, then locked away in the house. They were raped beaten, and eventually murdered. These women were scalped. They had bones removed to keep them from running. Fred loved to remove kneecaps, and they were chained and left in their own filth. From 1974 to 1979, Therese Siegenthaler, Shirley Hubbard, Juanita Mott, Shirley Robinson, and Allison Chambers would become victims to the pair as well. There were also women who were attacked by the pair then released. During this time, they also forced their own daughter, Anne Marie, 13 at this point, to prostitute herself out for income and clean the house in various stages of undress. 
At the same time, both Rose and Fred spent their days sexually assaulting their own biological children. When Anne-Marie left the home after a failed pregnancy, Fred moved his sights to his daughter with Rose, Heather and May. Daughters, excuse me, with Rose, Heather and May. What I really struggle with here is when they laid in the hospital holding their brand new babies, naming them, did they know in their minds that they would someday raise them and assault them? Probably. It's... It's just a really hard thing to wrap your head around. Definitely. This whole episode is... Yeah. I don't understand how people can be like this. So, so, so disturbing. What is so sad to me about this is Heather and May knew what was coming down the line. And they made a pact to never be alone in the house so that Fred, their father, couldn't hurt them. It actually infuriated Fred. Then 16-year-old Heather told her friends what was happening to her at home because these kids were at fucking school. So they were leaving the house every day and going to school. Yeah, I don't know that it would take me until 16 years old to tell someone. I don't think so either. But Although, at the same time, right, like if you don't know you anything else. Also terrified. Right, right, exactly. I mean, Jesus. In 1986, Fred decided to silence his problem child, and so he and Rose strangled Heather and buried her under the patio. Then they used this as a threat to all of their other children, saying, you'll end up like Heather. So from the 70s through the 90s, the Wests seemed to just get away with all of this. I... I can't understand, but we wouldn't be here talking about them if they had, you know, if they hadn't been taken down. So at least we're moving towards something positive. It's just kind of crazy that it took that long. Yeah. And especially if Heather told a friend, what happened with that? Did it just end at the friend? Well, that's yeah, that's just it. Like, I, I mean, if you've got like secret dungeon rooms, if the police come in I don't know. It it just feels like some there should have been some type of crackdown, especially since they already had working against them that first nanny that escaped mm-hmm. and was sexually assaulted and said, "Hey, they like locked me up and sexually assaulted me." And then there's this trail of other women who have been in and out of the house that have just never come back and other children of theirs that have just disappeared. Like how is no one picking up on this? It's not like this happened in the 1800s, you know, right. when there was right. no, like, record keeping. Like, this was modern day England. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know how it works there, but you'd think that there would be some sort of record about people coming in and <laughs> by, out of the school. By like, what the did 80s, they say yeah. about Heather? Exactly. Like, by the 80s and 90s, there had to have been some type of, like, social services program that was checking up and, and like, attendance being taken, you know? Kids just couldn't disappear. So in 1992, Fred filmed himself raping one of his daughters. She told a friend, and that wise and wonderful friend went to the police. Finally. I know. Another girl also came forward, and it gave police what they needed to get a warrant. I don't know why they needed another girl (laughs) to come forward to get a warrant, but like, hey, I'm not a police officer. Maybe I don't understand how the system works. I'm also not from England. I don't know. 
Fred was finally arrested for rape and sodomy of a minor. Rose was also arrested as an accomplice, and the children were put into foster care. When the two victims backed out of testifying, the case fell apart. However, rumors about Heather had made their way to an officer, Hazel Savage. She got another warrant for the garden area under the patio. They found Heather. From there, all hell broke loose within this Cromwell Street home. The police started to excavate the property, finding dismembered body part after dismembered body part. Fred finally admitted to all of the murders in December of 1994, but said that Rosemary had nothing to do with it. Unfortunately, there were videos of almost all of the rapes. Right. Because he was obsessed. And like we said, if he wasn't having sex, he was thinking about it, watching it. And some of the times he was watching himself have sex with people that he had had sex with. And Rose. And Rose. Like Rose having sex, sex with, with other people. people. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Then on New Year's Day, he hanged himself in his cell with a bed sheet. However, Fred had what is referred to as an appropriate adult, a.k.a. a social worker or a guardian. He admitted that Roseberry had been in on all of it. <laughs> on top of the fact that even if Rosemary hadn't been a part of any of it, like, or... I mean, hadn't, she let it happen. She let it happen. Exactly. He was he was raping and murdering his their their children, their shared children. And she was just sitting back and allowing all of it to occur. And at some point, even if you're living in fear, and this is not to knock someone who's living in fear, you, you got to step up and remove yourself from the situation. If that had been the situation, yes. But um, she was... 100% part of this. A thousand percent. She got just as much yes. out of it as he did. Most definitely. So Rosemary was then arrested. Now, because she was free at this point. So also think about that. So for like a solid year, she was just like not in trouble for everything that had happened. She was eventually charged with multiple rapes and murders. In 1995, she was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. In 2001, she stated that she wouldn't attempt to appeal. And in 1996, their home in Gloucester was demolished. So Rose is currently at HM Prison, New Hall in West Yorkshire. If you wanted to visit her. Exactly. Or write her a letter. I don't know. She actually had another encounter with danger when she and fellow murderer Mira Hindley had a tryst in prison they then became rivals, vying for the top spot as prison royalty. She was also threatened by Joanna Dennehy, who's a serial killer, and at that point had to be transferred to her current prison. So she's making some great friends here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing really well for herself. I wonder how much hate mail she gets. I mean, I'm going to say at least a couple a day. I don't is know. That, is that a thing? I, I, would, I don't know if they give... I don't know. Do they pass it along? I don't know. I don't know. Do they pre-read in prison? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like they should. I, I, yeah, yeah. I feel like at least the outgoing mail, you know, I feel like, yeah. I don't know. I wonder if she has access to the internet. Probably. Yeah. I, I feel like most prisoners do at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They get more than, than I get. 
They get iPads. Oh, they get iPads? Mm-hmm. Even in England? Oh, that I don't know. Yeah, okay. In U.S., maybe. In, in U.S.? In the U.S., <laughs> maybe. Wow, I'm doing really, really well here, guys. All right. Really well. There's so much medication in my system to keep me, like, upright right now. It's insane. Uh, luckily, though, I don't have COVID. I don't have RSV. I don't have the flu. But you do have bronchitis. I do have bronchitis. <laughs> And I'm just dying. It's awesome. All right. We're going to end it here since she's dying. And I'm dying. we'll be back next week with um, something lighter. I don't think it's, I mean, is yes, it lighter? It, yes, it is. Yes. It is. It is yes. lighter. Okay, good. Yes. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's lighter. Yes. And we've actually got a lot of really, really fun stuff in store for you for October. So just like tune in, pay attention. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. We have a lot of guest stars coming in later this month. Yes. And some from other podcasts, some from um, just people we know. And I think you're just, oh, my God, I'm stoked. We're excited. I'm totally stoked. All right. All right, guys. Bye. Bye.